seven dispensations. I think Chris went over this one time also. We need to do it again, though, because I prepared this a while back. I'm talking about three months ago. I prepared this about three months ago. been holding on it. been holding on it. We're going to do it. Well, I was going to do it for Sunday school, but decided I'm going to do it for tonight. Uh, making sense of Israel and the church. There's a lot of people out there that want to make Israel and the church the same. And it's just not biblically true. There's Israel, and then there's the church. The church is the body of Christ. He's the head. That's not the way Israel is. He's the wife of God. And so Israel's referred to differently than the church, and God has a plan for Israel. Uh, he has a plan, and he's going to commit. He's going to complete that plan. It's not done yet. They have not even fully occupied the land that they were given. They never, ever occupied the whole land they were given, but they will. They will during the millennial period. They're going to occupy every square inch. Brother, when God gives you something, He gives it all to you, and you're going to get it. They're going to get it, and we're going to be there ruling and reigning with Christ a thousand years, and we'll be doing some management work or whatever He wants us to do, picking up trash. I don't care what it is. Do whatever God wants me to do. And so uh, take your Bibles, if you would, Ephesians chapter 3, 1 through 8. Ephesians chapter 3, 1 through 8. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to you, that's where I get the word dispensation, seven dispensations, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, a mystery, when he mentions mystery at least, he's revealing what those mysteries are. Nobody knew about this until Paul got the answer for it. I wrote unto you in a few words. Where, whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. What is that? that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. See, when the church was first formed, it was pretty well Jewish. church was Jewish. And so when people begin to get saved, and you know Acts chapter 10, a centurion, and Peter having trouble, you know, one of them was supposed to go in the house of a Gentile, and God said, go there, there's a guy that I, that's, you know, I want you to tell him about Christ, and he led those Gentiles, I mean, a Roman centurion led him to Christ. And he's a bunch of people with him led him to Christ, baptized him. And it was, a, it was a surprise to Peter that the Gentiles were included in the body of Christ. It was the Messiah who had died, and they, would, they felt for Israel. But it wasn't just for Israel. It was for the whole world. For God so loved the, and that was Jesus' words, by the way. For God so loved the world. I bet that stunned them when they heard that. For God so loved the world. You mean them Romans? You mean them people that got it? Yeah, he loved the world. Red, yellow, black, or white. Christ died for the whole world. If they would believe, they could be saved. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister, made a minister according to the gifts of the grace of God, which unto me by the effectual working of his power. This is one of my favorite verses. Unto me, who am less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles 
the unsearchable riches of Christ. And you know Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a somebody who learned to be a nobody so that God could use him. Because as long as you think you're somebody, you're not usable by God. You've got to be a nobody to be used by God. Little in your own sight. Oh, Saul, if you just remain little in your own sight. Oh, David, if you would remain little in your own sight. Oh, Solomon, if you would remain little in your own sight. Got blessed, got puffed up, thought they could get by with stuff other people couldn't. Because ultimately, God's not a respecter of persons. If he's anything, he's not a respecter of persons. And so uh, we see that uh, hopefully this will help you understand. If you don't already, if you already do, it'll just be a review for you and encourage you. Why so, why so wide a variety of interpretations uh, in this area of dispensations? It all comes down to the way you take the Bible. If one interprets the Bible in an allegorical or symbolic way, which, by the way, I may put in here are the cults, Trouble Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, Mormons, all, and liberals, and liberals, liberal so-called Christians, so-called liberal Christians, interpret the Bible in an allegorical, meaning it's a story. Details are not so important. It's just a story. That's the way they take it. So if one interprets the Bible in an allegorical or symbolic way, there is almost no end to the private interpretations one gets. So from, from, from century to century to century, you get every different kind of view of what... Re- in fact, liberals, the, the whole, that anybody who holds the allegorical method of interpretation, they can't make any sense out of the book of Revelation. They can't make any sense out of the book of Daniel. It just it, because one guy will say, "Well, this is what I see. This is going to be." And then the other guy says, "No, this is what it's going to be," and they get con- it contradict each other, and it's just a bunch of confusion. But the Bible is interpreted and can be interpreted century after century after century with 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 thousands of different people, and we come up with the same belief if you take it literally. So if there is a hidden meaning in the Bible, the teacher becomes the sole master. Those are the people who, who interpret it allegorically. They become the master of the interpretation. Um, I don't know. There's a group of people that believe the seven churches of Revelation are seven ages. It's not in the Bible. Now you say, well, I don't think it is. Well, you can believe what you want. But according to interpretation of Scripture, it never says that. Those seven churches are seven churches. There are seven local, real, visible churches that one time existed. Now, it would be fair to say that there are churches, those seven churches possibly represent churches that are, that kind of church is in existence today. And I've said that there are seven churches that probably can be found that kind of church anywhere in the world at one time or another. But they're definitely not church ages. But boy, I've read, I don't know, preacher, you read that, but they put a long, they put a lot of work in making history match those seven churches. And it, it sounds good and it's titillating, but it's wrong. It's just wrong because it's, it's ba- you're, you're a slave to that one man's take on it. And, and, you, and you don't have to be the member. The Bible was written for ages and ages of people. We're over 2,000 years away from Jesus' crucifixion, almost. 
The Bible's an old book, and if it if it is not interpreted correctly, you're going to come up with some of the wildest stuff you ever see in your life, and they do. I think the old witnesses said that Jesus was coming back 1918. He didn't make it. Then it was gone. I think it was 1924, and he didn't make it. And this and that and the other thing, and they just go on down the road. Literal method of interpretation is the key to consistent interpretation throughout the ages. Take 100 Bible students who interpret the Bible in its normal, literal, or natural sense. Those students will come to very similar conclusions. This preacher in here, I don't know him well. He don't know me well. But I bet if we sat down at the table with old King James Bible, we'd just be, yep, 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 yep. Went different schools, different backgrounds, different all kinds. But we take the Bible literally and normally for what it says. And the Holy Spirit brings you to the same conclusions. You can go to Africa. And you've been to Africa. You just go to Africa. And them old born-again believers over there that take the Bible literally believe very similarly to what you believe. You go to China and find more. You can go to South America and find born-again believers. As long as they take the Bible in its literal, natural, normal sense, you're going to be close together. Now, you may have, you know, you may tie your shoe different. You may they may wear robes in the choir. Does your people wear robes in the choir? We don't either, brother. We don't either. We're real fundamental. Well, anyway, though separated by centuries, separated by languages, separated by cultures, uh, yet we come to the same conclusions or very, very similar. Literal interpretation recognizes obvious symbols, hyperboles. Figures of speech and types. If the context says it's, he's saying something is like something. Well, we say, well, then it's not. That's not what it is. But it's like that. I, I use a phrase all the time. That guy's as crooked as a dog's back leg. Well, you know, I'm not talking about him being a dog's back leg, but he's as crooked as a dog's back leg. It's, it's, it's. We use these types of speech, speech all the time. With allegorical interpretation, there are no rules for correction for the imaginations of man or testing. You can't test them. You can't correct them. They can say what they want. They say, well, this word means this. Say what you want. With literal interpretation, the words have defined meanings taken from context, and a text without a context is a pretext. And so you have a context and are repeatable and testable to the rest of the Bible. This makes sense considering Jesus' words. Let's go over a few of his words. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my what? Nobody can say that but God. Nobody in this room can say that. There's been nobody born of woman could say that except Jesus. Because he was God manifest in the flesh. Whosoever therefore should be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, also the Son of Man shall be ashamed when he cometh into the glory of his Father with holy angels. Now, only God could say that. I know I know when I die, I don't know quite how where I'm, what's going to happen. I know the angel is going to come gather me up. But from that point on, I don't know much about what's going to happen. I know something, I'm going to get a new body, praise the Lord, I'm going to get a new life. But I'm not sure all what all that combined, but he's talking real specifically here. 
very specifically. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The book of what? Not the thought patterns, the NIV. I hope you don't use NIV. I hope you don't. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a proximity method of interpretation. Uh, the, basically, the interpreter, who's supposed to be super smart, is supposed to be a scholar, and he's going he's gonna to help you poor souls who can't understand words. And he's going he's gonna to find out what that Greek and that Hebrew word is, and he's going to chew it up, and he's going to say, I think in this particular case it means this, and that's what it means. He puts that down, and that's called dynamic equivalence. And right in the preface of an NIV Bible, it tells you that. They're honest enough to tell you this is interpreted by dynamic equivalence. Now, when you're talking to me about words that someday I'm going to stand responsible for, I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I don't want you to tell me what you think it means. I just want, I want the Bible. I want to read the book for myself. I want to know what it says. But that's that method. And with the voice of one crying, I will prepare you the way. So that's the word, the words of Isaiah. 66 books, he had a lot of words. But if you believe not his writings, I like this, I like this part. But if you believe not his writings, as Moses, how shall you believe my words? If you don't believe Moses and the prophets, you ain't going to believe Jesus. That was a long time before Jesus, 1446 years before Jesus was born, Moses walked around. He said, if you can't believe Moses' words, how are you going to believe my words? Words. Remember, he's not talking about thoughts. People want to say, well, it's not the words. The specifics are not important. The specifics with God are all important. I hope you get this really good. I know many of you already have it. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Only God could say that. He that rejected me and receiveth not my words. And by the way, yellow is not in the Bible. I put that in for emphasis. Hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Now you know, nobody has the power to make that happen except God. You want to know why the demons ran on, ran up to Jesus and said, have you come to torment us before the time? Because he was the one that made him. He was the one that made him. And they knew someday they're going to, they would stand before the judge of all the earth. And the demons are going to be cast into, oh, don't cast us, have you, cast us into the abyss. Well, there'll be a day they will be permanently without, without release. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man, any man love me, he will keep my what? And I don't know if that brings, I don't know if that brings a, a kind of a weight of responsibility on you tonight, but I hope it does. I'm responsible for the words of the book. Amen. I'm not responsible for what Maxwell tells me I ought to do. I'm responsible for the words of this book. I appreciate Maxwell trying to help me out if he sees me going wrong. He says, you know, I don't think the Bible's right. You're right on that, and I want you to do that. But ultimately, you need to know this. Why this preacher has been, why this preacher is just hobby horse, really, reading your Bible, is because that's the secret. The Holy Spirit and you reading the Bible. 
and my Father will love him. Whoa, if you love God's word, then my Father will love him and will come unto him and will make his abode with him. How many in this room need that tonight? I need God to be with me, man. Whoa. Okay. For I have given unto for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, Jesus in the great high priestly, priestly prayer of Matthew, John chapter 17. The words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and they have known surely that I have came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. For verily I have said to you, till heaven and earth, earth pass, one jot or one tittling, and that is basically a dot of an eye across of a T in our vernacular shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. I run on there enough. I could have kept going. But that's enough. I've driven a nail and maybe countersunk it. <laughs> so let's, let's see it. I don't know if we'll get finished with this because I can't see the clock. You're hanging down things. Got me where I can't see the clock. So I don't know what time it is. Who said that? 738? At 7.50, you raise your hand and make some noise, will you? Seven dispensations. We'll probably not finish this tonight because I don't want to rush through it. When using this literal method of interpretation of the Bible, one sees seven administrations, dispensations, or dispensations, how God deals with mankind. Uh, these are testing periods proving that man without God cannot rule himself. That's the bottom line. There's been seven that will be. We're not, we're, not, we're not in the seventh yet, the seventh one. We're in the sixth dispensation, which is the dispensation of grace. And we will, we're coming into the seventh one after the tribulation period, dispensation of the king. King Jesus is going to sit on a throne and rule and reign with a rod of iron. Ooh, there's a lot of scripture in the Old Testament about the millennium. One time I went through the Bible and just marked the millennium verses. I simply could not believe how much the Bible says about this coming thousand-year period. It's going to be wonderful. But what happens at the end of it? The devil's released. And he leads a group of people against Jesus, King Jesus. And the Bible says there's so many of them, they're innumerable. And God the Father just destroys them with the word of his mouth. Now how could anybody, after having a thousand years of absolute best government you ever had, you never had, and you'll never have a better government than King Jesus, which is not a republic, it's not a democracy, it's a dictatorship. But a benevolent dictator is the best form of government. A benevolent dictator is actually the most efficient, best form of government. King David. It was good under King David. It was good under King Solomon until he went bad. But if you got a bad king, it's real bad. I think we got a... Anyway. So this is each dispensation then. Matt, this is the pattern. I'm showing you the pattern because when we go through these seven dispensations, there's a, there's a pattern. And I'm always, always when I study the Bible, I'm looking for a pattern. There's, and this, this, is a, this is a pattern that follows all seven of them. Man is given, well, he's given responsibility by God. He's given and made accountable. Because when you get responsibility, 
comes with a, it's a brother-sister thing. With the uh, responsibility comes accountability. When I got to be a senior pastor, that my accountability went up. Amen? When I was assistant pastor, and I was working under Pastor McKinney as my, as my senior pastor, I, you know, I figure if anything goes bad, he's getting all the blame, man. I'll just cool, I'll be the hero. I got shorter. I used to be five, actually five ten and a half because I got to be senior pastor. Now I'm five nine. Responsibility brings accountability. What the end of and ends in failure and judgment. Each dispensation, all seven of them, ends in some form of failure and judgment. Even the church age is going to apostatize. In fact, there can't be a can't be the tribulation period except there come a falling away first. I believe that's First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, chapter one. There's got to be a falling away. There's going to be a falling away before the man of Christ, the rapture, falling. It could be the falling away rapture. It could be rapture falling away. I'm not sure how that's going to, but it's going to be ultimately a falling away. I'll show you more about that. Be not discouraged, though. This just proves man needs God to survive. In the end of it all, the devil is an accuser of the brethren. He's an accuser of God. God's not good, he said to Eve, didn't he? He accused God. How dare he accuse God? He was made by God, but he accuses God. He's, he's the epitome of pride. He's the epitome of arrogance. He accuses the one who made him of faults and flaws. God's not good. If he was good, he'd let you know everything. He'd let you know the difference between good and evil. Well, that really helped us out. Be not discouraged. All these dispensations basically are going to prove is that man cannot exist without a total transformation, regeneration, and adoption by God Almighty. And he's going to, ooh, he's going to rework us to where we can do well. So dispensation number one is the dispensation of innocence. Most of you are very familiar with this. This is man in the Garden of Eden. God created man, then he gave him woman, and he told him, did you know, and you know, that work was before the fall? I had somebody call me today and say, when are you going to retire? I'm starting to have those calls. It's not by anybody here, but it's by people that know me. And they said, preacher, when are you going to retire? And I said, I, I said, work was before the fall, brother. Work is a pleasure as long as you can do it. As long as you don't hurt anybody, work's beautiful. Now, you people don't like to work. You had trouble in the garden because he said, till the garden, man, it's sweat. We were out there today, my wife and I. I wasn't today, yesterday. My wife and I were out, in the, out, and it's hot right now. This is the hottest month of the year, by the way, June. And so we're out there, and man, I mean, she is she is sweating. She, My wife sweats more than I do anyway. She's soaking wet, you know. Got all kinds of clothes on, trying to keep the mosquitoes off of you. You know, trying to get those mosquitoes. Fire ants went up her boot and up her leg. And you ever seen a Baptist preacher's wife dance? I have. It's called the fire ant dance. You will dance, brother. You will dance. And so man was in the garden with Eve. He gave him responsibility. Genesis 126. Let's see if I got that. Let me just go through my notes here. Oh, I have that right here. 
This will be this will facilitate us so we don't have to look these up. Uh, Genesis one twenty six and God said, Let them let's make man in our image after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. That's responsibility. Do you agree? That's big responsibility. Yeah. No, it's good. And uh then we have accountability. That's chapter 2, verse 16, 17. The Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. What killed Adam and Eve? Unbelief. What's the basis of all sin? Unbelief. Look in the book of Hebrews. It reiterates that in the book of Hebrews. It's the sin of unbelief. You don't believe God. When you don't believe God, what are you calling him? Call him a liar. You're being the same thing the devil is. The devil called him a liar. The devil said, that ain't good for you. He's not doing you good. He's lying, you know. Unbelief, unbelief. So you're given, you were given a responsibility. Man was given responsibility. He was given accountability in his first dispensation. And he ended up in failure, 323-24. Therefore the Lord God sent them forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. That's judgment. So he drove out man, and he placed the east gate, the Garden of Eden, cherubims, that's plural, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way to the tree of life. Uh, God did not want man to, partic to participate in that tree and have eternal it would have been not eternal life. It would have been eternal death. I know this maybe surprised you a little bit. The body we live in is a body of death. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? How do I know it's a body of death? It stinks. Have to shower every day. Put smelly stuff on. Why? Because I literally am rotting before your very eyes. My hair, some of you in here, your hair got white. That's age. God, some of you in this room, some of you in this room got wrinkles. Job said that God gave me them wrinkles to show me I'm coming to the end of the deal. How merciful is God? He gives you gray hair to tell you you're coming to the end of the deal. He gives you wrinkles to tell you you're coming to the end of the deal. He gives you pain every morning to tell you you're coming to the end of the deal. He makes your walk, or your steps a little shorter and a little less secure to tell you you're coming to the end of the deal. How merciful God is to tell us we're coming to the end of the deal. If you were like you are, were when you were in your 20s, you'd think you were going to live forever. Well, I know that's because 20-year-olds think they're going to live forever. What time is it? i got two minutes. Okay. Dispensation number two, conscience. So after the fall, they were in innocency, and they sinned, and they got their they they were exposed to the evil nature. God cursed them, cursed the earth for them and all that other. They ended in failure. So 
So then the second dispensation was he drove them out of the garden. They didn't have a Bible. God seemed to communicate with most of them verbally, if he did at all. And he gave them a conscience. Your conscience is pretty good, but not real good. You can defile your conscience. You can sear your conscience. If, if, some, if homosexuals have had to sear their conscience to be a homosexual, because there was a time when they were becoming homosexual that their conscience told them this is perverted and this is wrong. And they said, no, no. Enough people around them said, no, it's, it's not wrong. That's, that's that my old Sunday school teacher ruined you. Uh, you shouldn't have went to church. And it's all right. It's just a different lifestyle. And they try to use nice words like gay. Gay is actually a nice word. It means to be happy. The last thing homosexuals are is happy. I've been around enough of them to tell you their suicide rate is, is higher than a dentist. You didn't know dentist suicide rate about number one. Psychologist, number one. Dentist, number two. I have. I went to my dentist, talked to him about it. I said, don't kill yourself, man. I don't have anybody else to go to. He goes to the same dentist I go to. Okay, I'm over that. Okay, uh, it's conscience length from fall to the flood. Responsibility, Genesis 3-7. Oh, I wonder if I got that verse. Genesis 3-7. I do have it. The eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. God came along and killed the first animal. Okay, thank you. They killed the first animal. Shed the first blood. To cover them. There's a real picture of redemption. A picture of atonement. Atonement means to cover. And we're naked before God. We have no... We have no advocate except Jesus where it says the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous and he shed his blood so that we could be covered and not ashamed in God's sight wow it's all beautiful it's beautiful okay so accountability 6-5 Genesis 6-5 and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually so, in the second dispensation, we see man had a conscience to rule him by. He had a responsibility. With that responsibility, he had accountability. He became violent. What was the sin of the flood? The sin of the flood was really violence. The Bible says violence filled the earth. I hope you don't, and I've done it. I've, I've, made, I've done it. Gotten my entertainment on watching violence. God doesn't like violence. He's not for violence. And so be careful in that area. Genesis uh, 7.23 says, And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things, and the fowls of heaven that were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they were with him in the ark, which is Shem, Ham, and Shepheth. You know, his three sons and their wives. Eight people escaped this. This thing got so bad under conscience that God said, I repent and I made man. I've heard 
I've heard moms and dads say they repented of having their children. I've heard it. I'm sorry we ever birthed them. Now you got to be pretty bad off. You got to be hurting your mom and dad pretty bad for them to come around and say, "I'm sorry I ever birthed you." You got to be hurting God pretty bad before He says, "I repent that I made you." That's how bad off it was before the flood. And we're, man, I'm. In, it smells about the same. When I'm looking around, we're we're getting more and more like Sodom and Gomorrah. Violence, violence. I don't think we've seen the violence yet. The violence is coming, but we're going to see violence in a degree that we may never have seen it as this thing makes its way on headlong into the tribulation period, the rapture of the church. And so we see there we have failure. I'm going to stop right there. Next week I'll bring up dispensation number three, human government. After Noah, I mean, excuse me, after the flood, because Noah lived on both sides. Uh, After the flood, Noah was allowed to begin. He was the ruler. Set up, set up a form of government, human government, and uh, we'll see how that ended up. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you. You did not leave us helpless, hapless, and hopeless. Give us grace tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.